Blog Talk Radio. The 
AFL-CIO released a video today showing firsthand the devastating economic impact the Trans-Pacific Partnership could have on communities across the country. When global companies move jobs offshore to take advantage of trade deals, they not only destroy jobs, they suppress wages, deprive local governments of needed resources, and leave working families behind. Last week, Steelworkers President Leo W. Girard testified at a U.S. trade representative hearing examining overcapacity in the global steel market and its impact on U.S. steelmakers. There is evidence that foreign governments are subsidizing cheap steel and selling it in the U.S. at unfairly low prices. Countries are able to dump their cheap steel in U.S. markets because they are undervaluing their currency when setting prices. Currency manipulation is at the heart of this issue, and the passage of the TPP, which doesn't address this global problem, could kill American manufacturing jobs for good. Like NAFTA, it offers no protection for American manufacturing or American workers. What good is a policy if we don't if we don't have some protection for our manufacturing and workers? U.S. trade policy has not worked for working people or our communities, which has led to broad opposition to the TPP. It must be defeated. We know the TPP is a job killer," said AFL, AFL-CIO President Richard Trunker. On trade agreements. Our trade agreements should help to create good jobs in America and enable regular working people to succeed by working hard to get ahead. The TPP fails this goal miserably. I've seen too many people have their lives destroyed because the jobs went away, said Allegheny County, Pennsylvania, Council Member DeWitt Walton. We can't have another NAFTA. There's just too much at risk. It's too important. What happens if TPP passes? There will be another generation of people that can't find work. Allegheny County, which is the feature of the video, is one of hundreds of local and state governments that have passed or introduced resolutions opposing the TPP. So go to the AFL-CIO blog now and you'll be able to see that. It just kills jobs. Oh, here's something. What Columbia can teach us about the TPP? I want to see what that what that's all about. If I can go to that, didn't come up. All right, I'm going to go back and see what else there is. So the TPP is something that should be on everybody's mind because it's something that will not be good for working people. Okay, the Working People Weekly List. Every week, um, this blog uh, will brings up a roundup of the important news and commentaries about issues and events important to working families. Here's this week's Working People Weekly List. Let's see what they have to say on that. Prince was a champion for working people. The world lost a musical icon yesterday. You read about his impact as a musician and an entertainer. But let's take a second to look at Prince's career-spanning fights on behalf of working people. I didn't know he was um, interested in helping working people. Ah, you, you get that up, Leo? Yeah, yeah, if you go down and find that. Uh, Leo's uh, computer kind of... It won't go to it. So I'm very interested to find out uh, why he... Um, why they're featuring him. That's on the blog. Why they're featuring what? What it was was that Prince did. He was a champion for working people. 
So if you just go down a little bit. Oh. Serious. Right. Keep going down. No, no. The next one. The next one. Oh, right there. Okay. And go to a head more comments. I've already read that paragraph. Please go. Well, I want to read what it has to say first. Okay. Okay. Uh, You want to go ahead and read that, right? And give me one second here. We are back up and running pretty much. Hopefully we'll be able to continue this uh, feed here. But uh, do the best we can. The world lost a musical icon. You'll read about his impact as a musician and an entertainer elsewhere. But let's take a look at Prince's career-spanning fight on behalf of working people. For more than 40 years, Prince was a union member and a long-standing member of both the Twin City Musicians Local 3073 of the American Federation of Musicians in Saga After. Beginning with Ronnie Talk to Russia in 1981, on through his hits like Sign of the Times and later works like We March and Baltimore, Prince's music often reflected the dreams, struggles, and fears and hopes of working people. And and he wasn't limited to his words. His Baltimore concert in the wake of Freddie Gray's death raised funds to help the city recover. I got to sit on the right side of the stage, high in the rafters, to watch joyously. Few of America's artists have so well captured the plight of working Americans as Prince. Putting him in the line of the artists like Woody Guthrie and Bruce Springsteen as as working class heroes. Right here, president of AFM spoke of Prince's importance. We are devastated about the loss of Prince, a member of our union, for over 40 years. Prince was not only talented and an innovative musician, but also a true champion of musicians' rights. Musicians and fans throughout the world will miss him. Our thoughts are with his family, friends, and fans grieving right now. And this is a key part of his legacy. Prince was deeply talented and could have easily made it success without much help from others. And yet he was a massive supporter of other artists from writing and producing songs for artists as diverse as Chaka Khan, The Bengals, Sinead O'Connor, Vanity, Morris Day, Morris Day in the Time, Tevin Campbell, among many others, to his mentoring and elevating of women music, to the time when he put his own career on the line in defense of artists' rights. And every musician that came after owes him a debt of gratitude. The music industry has been deeply trouble has a deeply troubled past with stories of corporations exploiting musicians, especially African American musicians, being plentiful enough to fill libraries. At the height of his popularity, Prince decided that he would fight back. He was set financially and career wise and had nothing to gain from taking on the onerous contacts the artists were saddled with when they were young, inexperienced, and hungry. If he lost everything by taking on the industry, he still had money and fame to rely on. But he knew this wasn't true for many other musicians, and Prince was always a fan of music, and he knew that taking on this battle would help others. So he took on the recording industry on behalf of music, on behalf of the industry's working people, the musicians himself. He caught, and it cost him his name and his fame. The ensuing battle, Prince famously renounced his birth name and began performing under an unpronounceable name, symbol instead of a name. He fought the company at every turn, even writing the word slave on his face in protest of the conditions he worked under. He said, people think I'm a crazy fool for writing slave on my face, but if I can't do what I want to do, what am I? For the rest of his career, which never recovered to his early heights, he continually fought to change the way that record companies treated artists. 
explored new ways to distribute music to fans and battled to give artists more control and more revenue for the art they create. In a still-changing musical landscape, Prince was one of a handful of artists who helped shape a future where musicians and working people get the fruits of their labor. In honor of Prince's passing, check out his performance on an all-time great at the country's largest annual event brought to you by union workers, the Super Bowl. So let's play a little bit of Prince as a tribute to being a supporter of working people. The morning of the game, I opened the curtains in my hotel room and I was like, oh my God, it was like a scene from Moby Dick. It was like the winds were blowing, the palm trees, and the rain was one of those Miami rainstorms that just would not relent. We're in this truck sitting behind Don Misher, and I remember Don said, um, put me on the phone with Prince. Don says, now, I want you to know it's raining. And Prince is like, yes, it's raining. And are you okay? And Prince is like, can you make it rain harder? And I was like, right on. This was February 2007. Like 
truth raining, of course, if I would have wanted it to rain. Like, I ordered that. online. 
I just want to talk to you veteran to veteran about the current GOP frontrunner, Donald Trump. First, jobs. Trump loves to go out on TV and talk about jobs, right? Which is interesting because the same time he's out there talking about jobs, he's also out there saying that he believes wages for American workers, folks like you and me, are already too high. I mean, let me ask you, do you think right now you're getting paid too much? Donald Trump does. Next, the VA. Trump loves to go around talking about how he's going to fix the VA. But his plans actually call for destroying and privatizing the VA. And privatizing, that's just a fancy word for saying, I'm going to let my billionaire buddies profit off the care of veterans. Lastly, what is up with Trump constantly banging the drum for more war? Look, he wants to send more young American women and men into combat. Not his kids, but ours. And isn't it mighty bold talk coming from someone who died service in Vietnam with the help of multiple deferments and having a rich dad? Look, who you choose to vote for at the end of the day is your personal choice. But I just want to make sure you have the facts. Hmm. Go to unionveterans.org to find more facts, please. Um, yes, he really didn't say how he was going to fix the VA. So his idea is to privatize it. Well, the problem with Trump is he doesn't have a lot of good. He doesn't have a lot of ideas. He's got a couple, you know, and. Uh, Building the wall? Yeah, building the wall. Uh, you know, doing something for the vets. And, but know, he doesn't know what. Gonna, and uh, doing something wonderful for women. But he doesn't know what. And uh, I, I have no idea. Signing his autograph yeah, for yeah, you? Yeah. That, that, that's probably what he thinks. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, he's a, he's a, sad, he's a pretty sad candidate. I'm you sorry. can rest assured that... But, um, you know, again... Again, Hillary's no 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 sweetheart either. I mean, Hillary's sweet, mama. But you know, she's the architect of the TPP. She's right. one of the people that supported that's right. it. That's right. She sure was. Uh, the Iraq, the Iran, the Iranian deal, which sucks. All the deals that suck. Uh, she was the uh, sucky Secretary of State to put it together. But hey, what can I tell you? That's the one they want. Working people in unions stand with LGBTQ brothers and sisters. I apologize for for my ignorance, but I don't know what the Q stands for. You? No. Uh, lesbian, gays, bisexual, transsexuals, and uh, I'll look queer, it up. queers, I guess. But so it's what L G. L L G. B T Q. LGBTQ. I, I don't know what the Q stands for. It's an acronym that originated in 1990 and re- replaced what was formerly known as the gay community. Queer. Yeah, queer. That's, that's the acronym was created to be more inclusive of diverse groups. Well, LB, uh, yeah. LGBTQ stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. So that, that's what I thought it stood for, but I wanted to be politically correct. And for huh. questioning individuals' identities. Oh, it stands for questioning? Yeah. Queers are questioning. Hmm. Okay, well, whatever. Bangladesh Garment Workers Union demand justice on the anniversary of activist murder. by those poor people. For years after the tortured, lifeless body of Bangladesh Garment Worker Organizer, Aminul Islam, was discovered in a ditch. His killers have yet to be arrested. And yesterday, the Bangladesh Garment and Industrial Worker Federation and Bangladesh Center for Worker Solidarity demanded that authorities find and bring Anul's killer to trial. Hmm. Let's see if they do that. Uh, Aminul Aminul was a well-respected labor leader among workers of Savar and Ashula area garment factories in suburban Dhaka, the capital. At the time of his death, he was a BCW organizer and BGIWF regional president and was working to resolve a dispute between workers and managers at a nearby factory. The police filled a case uh, filed a case accusing an agent of national security intelligence with the crime. Hmm. 
but he escaped. And the BGIWF and BCWS, both Solidarity Center allies, uh, complained that the case was filed without a proper investigation and rules for collection of primary evidence were not followed. Uh, this goes on and on and on. At a DACA conference yesterday, Babul Akhtar, president, demanded that the Ministry of Home Affairs reopen the case and conduct a legitimate investigation, including DNA testing of Arnul's clothes to identify, arrest, and prosecute the murders. Since Arnul's murder, more than 1,100 Bangladeshi garment workers have been killed on the job, and at least 3,600 have been injured, including workers in a factory fire at Tarzine Fashions in November 2012 and in the collapse of the Rana Plaza in April 2013. Our um, Newell sought to improve the hazardous conditions many work garment workers still face, as well as to redress exploitation such as wave, wage theft. He believed that the lack of fire safety measures and other protections for workers could most effectively be addressed by workers who freely form unions and collectively bargain to improve workplace conditions. That's an important thing. How can you improve anything unless you get together as a group? You really can't. Well, they got it all figured out. Oh, boy. Well, it's very tough on people. Yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all exploitation. You know? Yeah. Exploitation, exploitation. Yeah, you know, China, every every country. Yeah, and we're going to be country. headed in that well, direction well, with the we TPP. Are. We are already. You know, we have a Congress that's pushing us in that us, in yeah. that direction. Uh, that's what I was interested in. What Colombia can teach us about the TPP? Yeah, I thought this was... And also, the Department of Education just did something major for Americans with disabilities. Yeah, let's read that after. Okay. Let's go to this one first and see what... Since we're on that. What Columbia can teach us about the TPP? Yeah. In the past, past five years, 126 changed trade unionists have been assassinated in Colombia. Oh, my God. This is in addition to 74 other murder attempts. Investigations have produced almost no indictments or convictions. Colombia continues to fail to formalize employment, to protect working people who want a voice on the job, and to address vast inequality. Nearly five years after the announcement of the Obama-Santos Labor Action Plan, Colombian workers have seen insufficient action and even fewer results. The 2011 agreement was used to convince members of Congress that workers' rights would be protected and respected in Colombia if the United States ratified it. Nothing could be further from the truth. Five years later, hiring workers through illegal forms of contracting is nearly 10% higher. Reforming the penal code to make labor repression a crime has not led to a single indictment or conviction. Although workers have filed charges in hundreds of cases, the United States gave Colombia trade benefits before it even demonstrated meaningful implementation of its promises to protect working people. Once Colombia received those benefits, the modest progress it had been making plunged. Congress should take note of the failure of the plan to protect working families in Colombia as it considers the promises made about the TPP's power to protect working people's rights in countries like Malaysia and Vietnam. Well, the AFL-CIO supports ongoing peace negotiations with the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia uh, and the National Fed Liberation Army. Peace will not be sustainable if concrete measures are not taken to defend working people and unions and promote decent work is defined by the International Labor Organization standard. And, you know, I'll tell you, folks, but, you know, it, it looks like we're being we're reverting back to that in our own country. Yeah. I mean, you know, we got an issue here in Connecticut where this, guy's, this guy is decimating the, the, the you know, the Connecticut uh, public workers' unions and jobs. 
encourages the department to take additional steps to improve outreach and communication to students, loan borrowers more generally. Now Congress must act to ensure people who qualify for student loan forgiveness or discharge uh, aren't uh, hit with an additional tax burden. Yeah, boy, oh boy. But you can check this out. Um, and you could just go to the AFL-CIO blog uh, now and look it up. And uh, it's pretty, pretty interesting. I hope that gets passed. Yeah. They probably won't even bother to look at it. This Congress, they don't give uh, anything to anybody. I, I hope they, they, they consider it because, so, I mean, you know, imagine garnishing your Social Security with an income uh, because of your student debt that was like 30 years ago. I yeah. mean, this is your mother or your father. Yeah. Social yeah. Security that's yeah. getting garnished. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, but anyway. Um, that, that's that's pretty much it there. I thought I'd, I'd talk a little bit about what's going on let's, elsewhere. Let's go to our other news. We have just yeah. about 15 minutes. I thought this was interesting. Republican uh, senators, yeah. senators just voted to sell off our national forests. Yep. In, in case you missed it, almost every Republican senator just voted to sell off our public lands, including the National Forest, Wildlife Refuge, and Wilderness Areas. These people, these people have no conscience, man. They have no, 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 they, they have are, no Are they vision. personally going to pocket the money? Yeah, Sounds right. like it. They're going to buy it. Oh, yeah, they're buying it, right? In case, I... I this is downright wrong. As Ronald Reagan once said, the preservation of our parks, wilderness, and wildlife has also aided liberty by keeping alive the 19th century sense of adventure and awe with which our forefathers greeted the American West. Many laws protecting environmental quality have promoted liberty by securing property against the destructive trespass of pollution. In our own time, the nearly universal appreciation of these preserved landscapes, restored waters, and cleaner air through outdoor recreation is a modern expression of our freedom and leisure to enjoy the wonderful life that generations past have built for us. Let's see who are the senators. You want to list all of these guys? Well, I want to see how my senator voted. Groups by both position, yays. Those are the guys. John McCain from Arizona voted to sell it. So did uh, Franken, Feinstein, Durbin. No, that's a, no. those are nay. They're not nay. Yay's 51 up here. Nay's 49. Yeah, but nay's are down here. They voted against it. Yeah, but these are for it. No. Well, these are not nays. These all are nays. These are yays across the top. Wait. Okay. What are the ones on the bottom? Those are the people that voted against it. Well, what are these on the on the left? They're not. So they're these, not yay. These three columns voted for it. These three columns voted against it. It's all alphabetical if you look at it. The three columns across the top. John McCain voted voted right, so yes. Ninety percent of all, like most. Of, I don't think there's any Democrat that voted for it. Nope, it's all. There were all Republicans that voted for it. Fifty-one against forty-nine. Mhm. Wow. One Republican from Tennessee, he voted against it. Not two. And a from New Hampshire voted against it. And, you know, there's a lot of others. But, um, Those are the only two Republicans that vote. Oh, and Gardner from uh, Colorado voted against it. He should. He got a lot of he got national parks up there. But all the rest are. The Grand Canyon. I can't imagine. Oh, God. We're on this budgetary amendment. Uh, SA 835 is a budgetary amendment which backs support for and funding of state efforts to take over federal land. Uh, it has it was part of a larger debate of its 2016 fiscal budget uh, year. Introducing uh, the amendments, Senator Lisa Murkowski, 
Republican of Arkansas stated, when we have the opportunity to consider this amendment, a vote for it really, a vote uh, in support of as a priority of this conference, Congress, comprehensive approaches to land policies to facilitate economic development, empower states, and improve our conservation systems. The backstory is that there's ongoing and potentially unconstitutional efforts taking place in Utah, Arizona, Wyoming, New Mexico, Colorado, Nevada, Alaska, and Idaho to see those states take possession of public lands from the federal government and then allow exploitation of their resources by private industry. AmericanProgress.org calls it a losing battle that amounts to little more than political grandstanding to rally their extreme conservative base and feed an anti-government narrative. Well, I think it was in Idaho where, and they don't talk about it anymore, but I think Idaho uh, set aside 50,000 acres or 50 or 500,000 acres to build the, to, the, to sell to the Chinese to build yes, a city there. I remember that. You remember that? I don't know if that went through Whatever or happened, what happened to it, but uh, that was a few years ago. Let me just finish this. Such bills contradict the majority of public opinion in these states, as well as economic realities and constitutional precedents setting back to the mid-19th century. The Senate's budgetary amendment to support this privatization carries no legal weight. It's not a law, but it does signify a troubling level of support for the privatization of public land. And make no mistake, this is about privatization and resource exploitation. Efforts to reclaim public land are financially supported by special interest groups like ALEC and Americans for Prosperity. ALEC is a primarily funded by ExxonMobil, while Americans for Prosperity was founded by David and Charles Koch. SA 838 passed. 51 to 49. Democrats unanimously opposed it, while only three Republicans voted for it. Uh, voted against. The holdouts were Corey Gardner of Colorado, Kelly Ayotte of New Hampshire, and Lamar Alexander of Tennessee. They voted along with the Democrats. It's not a law, then why worry about it? If you let a bad idea fest long enough, it sounds less and less like a bad idea. That state, Senate, that state Stephen Klein of the Theodore Roosevelt Conservative Partnership. The fear is that the success in the Senate could encourage future efforts to pass similar language as actual legislation. Here's what you can do. If you prefer to see our public land sold to private industries, sign a petition from the Wilderness Society. And you could uh, also write or call your local senator in opposition to the amendment. But, you know, go to the Wilderness Society, all right, and um, find out uh, and, and sign their petition. It'll help. Uh, it'll help. That's sad. Very sad. But, hmm. Scary. Um, do you remember Do you remember that uh, big protest they had? I think it was Barnard's Land or something. Remember all those guys with guns and everything going out to protest the yeah. taking of the land? Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out that what they wanted the land for and what they got it for was to lease to to the Russians to mine uh, to to mine uh, uranium. Yeah, isn't that interesting? The people who were protesting. The, pe the people who were protesting were, were were for were for. I thought they went to graze cattle. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what they did. That's oh. what their people were protesting to, to to continue to do. But what happened was they were kicked off that land, mm -hmm. all right, because they wanted because uh, they in Nevada because they wanted to uh, lease the property to or sell the property to um, uh, a, a Russian company for an extraction of of uranium, right? And that and twenty percent of that country uh, company was owned by uh, Putin. Yeah. So that's that's was the real reason, and and is the reason, and that's where that's what happened to that property. Uh, it got sold to that company, or leased out to that company to mine. Yeah, that's un freaking believable. Yeah, yeah it's uh, I don't know. Um, so much going on. 
This is for first that you know. This is something interesting too. I'll, I'll spend the last few minutes with this, but this is a, um, a one-minute uh, excerpt from an interview with Barack Obama by Chris Wallace on Fox News, <clears throat> and it was dated uh, April 10th. But he's asking Barack Obama, okay, uh, would will he oppose or will he interfere with any indictment, any FBI indictment, or any investigation going on now in Hillary? And he's saying, no, he will not, and that he cannot. So I want you to hear this. It's pretty good. Guarantee to the American people. Can you direct the Justice Department to say Hillary Clinton will be treated as the evidence goes, she will not be in any way protected? I can guarantee that. And, and I can guarantee that not because I give uh, Attorney General Lynch a directive, that is institutionally how we have always operated. I do not talk to the Attorney General about pending investigations. I do not talk to FBI directors about uh, pending investigations. The, uh, we have a strict line uh, and always have maintained it. Please, so, President. Ju just to button this up. I guarantee it. You. I guarantee that there is no political influence in any investigation conducted by the Justice Department or the FBI, not just in this case, but in any case. And she will be Full stop, period. And she will be treated no differently? Guaranteed, full stop, nobody gets treated differently when it comes to the Justice Department because nobody is above the law. Even if she ends up as the Democratic How government. many times do I have to say it, Chris? Guaranteed. Do you believe that Hillary Clinton will not be treated any differently by the Department of Justice? Share and comment below.
This guy, this guy is the biggest piece of crap I've ever seen. This guy is this Cummings dude. Yeah, he's been sold out to the Democratic Party for ever since he yeah, got his uh, 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 accolades for walking in the Soma. You know what I mean? I mean, he's been he, riding on yeah, that. Yeah, he's been riding on that his whole life. So, you know, he's a Hillary supporter. Uh, big, you know, big uh, crook. I don't know. Just, uh, it just doesn't get any better, folks. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a real downhill from here kind of move. Well, so I'm we not, wish you well. I'm not terribly fond of the Clintons. No. I'm, for, I'm sorry Either to say one. that. But, you know, the way this thing is going it is pretty sad. Uh, I, th- I think that had. Bernie Sanders had a lot to say for working Americans. I really and he did. do. He did. And, and, I, think he, and I think he could improve a lot of working people in this country. I think so, yeah. I, th- I just feel really he was so the right guy. I'm just so disappointed. But, but he's, it's not nobody. over yet. It's That's not over true. Yet, you know. And he says it's not over. Colorado Department Democrat. Democratic Party admits error. Bernie Sanders could win majority of delegates in Colorado. Wow. So that's good news. Let's just read that. We're at the end of the, the show officially, but we'll, we'll just uh, read some good Bernie news. Uh, Bernie could win majority of the delegates out of Colorado. Uh, the election has so far seen a variety of caucus-related issues, primarily, it seems, on a, on the Democratic side. Another such case in the time regarding the Colorado caucus has just been revealed thanks to the report by Denver Post. On April 12th, the Colorado Democratic Party admitted to miscounting the results in 10% of the state's precincts in the the caucus. The Denver Post discussed in detail the potential consequences of this miscount. All right. The mistake is a minor shift with major implications. The new projections now show the Vermont senator winning 39 delegates in Colorado compared to 27 for Clinton. Even if Clinton wins all 12 superdelegates in the state, Sanders can finish no worse than a split decision. The new count contrasts with prior projections from the Post, Bloomberg, Politics, and Associated Press that indicated Clinton would probably win the majority of 78 delegates in Colorado because of her support for party leaders. From party leaders. If Sanders leads one Colorado, lands one Colorado superdelegate, two are still undecided and others are facing. He could win the state election. Delegation. Yeah. What is most controversial about this issue is the fact that isn't, a mistake isn't, was made. Isn't, isn't the fact that a st- mistake was made, but the fact that a mistake was made and the Colorado Democratic Party tried to cover it up rather than fix it. The Sanders campaign was not informed about the misconduct while the camp- Clinton campaign was. Rick Palacio, Democratic Party chairman, said he didn't tell the Sanders campaign about the discrepancy because it didn't necessarily affect them. (laughs) It was our mistake that ended up affecting the estimation of Hillary's campaign. Jeff Weaver, Sanders campaign manager, commented on the new information. We have obviously pleased to essentially narrow the delegate lead by two delegates, one up and one down. It's a zero-sum game. He also added that it's certainly disturbing that the information gets sent to one campaign and not to another. There were also other issues on the Republican side with Donald Trump and his supporters complaining about a rigged system after he lost to Senator Cruz. Well, uh, yeah, in Colorado, yeah. Well, Trump could just uh, be a sore loser. The fact of the matter is that the caucuses are notoriously chaotic, therefore making it easier for mistakes to occur. Something positive coming from the scandal, which Democratic Party Chairman Rick Palacio called an embarrassment, is the fact that it provides yet another reason to, to, for states like Colorado to move from caucuses to primaries, according to Denver Post. I think uh, it's very it's interesting already that, a push to make that a every push. mistake that's been made has been made in favor of Hillary Clinton. Oh, I know. Uh, against Bernie against Sanders. Against Bernie Sanders, yeah. yeah. Do you think that was planned? Gee, I don't know. I just, I just don't know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, folks, that's it for tonight. We want to thank you for joining us, and uh, we hope we enlightened you a little on our uh, on things. And sorry about the glitch at the beginning of yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah, we apologize. The computer for that. just completely froze up. Couldn't yeah, do anything. Yeah, blacked out, froze up, and wow. 
Don't want that to happen again. But anyway, we appreciate you being with us, and we want to thank you, and we wish you a good evening, and talk to you next week. Thank you.